Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the New Orleans Saints. This is the Saints Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Here's your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Saints Wire editor, John Siegler. I felt the time was right for me. I felt the time was right, and it's something that I've been thinking about. You know, I, I think that, look, you have close friends in the industry. I've lost a few close friends in this industry in the last two or three years. Um... And also, you know, they're, they're, forget football, there's other things, spending more time, you know, there's a lot of sacrifices you make. And so not many get to choose their terms. And I looked at it as an opportunity also to, to see my kids more, to travel some more, to, to get in better shape. There's an attrition, two in the morning, and, and I know I hear people say, well, you don't have, yeah, I get it, but I need to, that, that's the way it works for me. And I think the attention to details are so important that it can be exhausting. And so I felt as this season was winding down um, that it was the right thing. And then the last week and a half, yeah, I'm comfortable with that. Welcome to the show, John. It's uh, been a little bit for us. Um, but you know, that doesn't mean the saints news cycle has slowed even a little bit, right? You've been, uh, you've been very busy since we talked last at the end of uh, the regular season. Yeah, man, it's great to be back, uh, be back on the mic and uh, we've, we've got a ton to catch up on. Uh, we, we, one head coach is out, a new one has stepped in He's building his staff. Uh, his, his players are getting into some shenanigans, but we, we've kind of, <laughs> I'm, I'm eager to get, get down into it. Yeah. There's, there's a lot to cover here. Um, you know, the saints officially have a new head coach the first time in 16 years, uh, and Dennis Allen, and we're certainly going to get to that. But that ends a hell of a tenure for Sean Payton, doesn't it, John? I mean, when you, when you start going back through it, and I, I got to admit, like my irrational fan take when the Sean Payton retirement news came out, first of all, all the, the news sources that were trying to leak it, you know, in the rumors that he was going to retire, and then maybe he was going to try to force his way to Dallas or something like that. I was just rolling my eyes, not giving it any thought at all. And then when he did officially retire, I was like, come on, Sean Payton, what are you doing to us, man? Like, you're going to leave this offseason of all offseasons? Like, come on. But then once you, like, give yourself a chance to kind of digest it and think about how great his Saints tenure was, especially right from the beginning with him and Drew Brees coming in, it's good stuff when you sit back and really start reflecting on it, isn't it? It really is. And this is the kind of run that I think will be better appreciated, you know, three, four, five years from now. Um, it, it, it's one of the longest and most most successful runs around around the league. You know, um, behind Bill Belichick, of course. I, I think you look at uh, Sean Payton's run with the Saints and Mike Tomlin's tenure with the Steelers as you know, two uh, A and two B as far as uh, the greatest sustained success o- over the last twenty years. And so, um, you know, Payton obviously he felt this was the right time. And after this last year, <laughs> I, I kind of understand it. I mean, just looking at all, all the hurdles his team had to overcome, they, they, they started 58 different players. 
as the season went on due to injuries and COVID issues. They started the year um, practicing in Dallas for a season opener in Jacksonville uh, due, due to a hurricane. They, they, they come back, all their houses, uh, they, they've got to deal with weeks of power outages and everything. There's just so much that they had to overcome this season. Um, four different quarterbacks started games this, this year. It just, it just it seemed like nothing went according to plan. And I, I, I really understand this being the jump-off point uh, from, from Sean's perspective. Now, you look at how he's leaving the team, uh, you know, $71 million over his cap, uh, Taysom Hill, well, what is his future like with his contract on the team? What is the next coach's vision for him as, you know, being the most prominent QB under contract? You know, I don't think Ian Book or, uh, but, you know, speaking of Jacksonville, Blake Bortles are figuring it at the end of 2022. So, what do we do here? You know, is, is Jameis Winston interested in coming back without Sean Payton as head coach? Um, are the Saints still going to be in the running for one of these uh, quarterbacks who may be on the on the on the move without Sean Payton as coach? Uh, th- th- there's so many questions. I'm, I'm just so, you know, as, as someone who kind of takes a sky high view of this team, I'm I'm just very excited to see how it all plays out. Um, it, it's captivating. You know, it's, it's going to be must see TV to see where the Saints go from here. Uh, it's been pointed out a couple times they're in a great spot to really pull off something that's rare. And that's transition from one successful era to the next. You you don't see that a lot, but what Sean Payton accomplished over these last 15, 16 years is he really raised the profile of, of New Orleans to sit at, as one of these blue blood um, brands in the NFL, you know, they've been just just as successful as green Bay has over, over that time as Pittsburgh has. Um, they've really replaced some of these um, failing franchises like the Giants as one of the premier programs around the league. And now it's up to Dennis Allen and his staff and uh, Nicky Loomis and the front office to make sure that the Saints can can keep it up here moving forward. What do you think's next now for Payton, right? He stressed multiple times that, you know, he doesn't want to use the word retirement. He's only 58. He's hinted at TV. Uh, You know, what do you think's next for Sean Payton, John? I think he's really intrigued by TV. I think Amazon stepping in with their package is really going to shake some things up. Um, they, they've just they've already been to space. So they got more money than they know what to do with over there. So I, I think they're going to hire you know the best of broadcasting team they can, and I think that's going to make opportunity for, for Sean, whether it's with Amazon or replacing somebody. Um, I, saw, I saw a report earlier in the, in the off season linking him to Fox as, as a possible uh, Troy Aikman replacement. Um, that, that oh, please, like please. I would love that. <laughs> I'm sick of hearing Troy. I don't even know what he's talking about yeah. anymore, John, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I do think broadcasting is the path forward for him. I know he's enjoyed studio work when he's done that in the past with ESPN. So I think I think he'll, he'll go into the media for a year or two. Um, and then we're going to see teams really try hard to, to recruit him and try, try and bring him in. Um, Dallas is obviously the, you know, the one that everybody looks at uh, because, because he is good friends with Jerry Jones because he does have that history working for Jerry Jones. Um, and you know, I, I'm just not convinced that Mike McCarthy is long for this, this job in, in, in with the Cowboys. And Jerry Jones ha- has an opportunity to hire Sean Dayton to win him a Super Bowl in, in his lifetime. I think he's going to take that. But it may be a, a couple of years before that materializes. The, the other op- the other NFL opportunity I think would really intrigue Sean Payton. Uh, that would be working uh, with Justin Herbert o- o- over with Chargers. Um, yeah. you know that's one. Yeah, that's one of the, the better 
uh, young quarterbacks in the game today. That's someone who's kind of running a similar system uh, with, with Joe Lombardi, who has you know, a plethora of weapons. Um, you just wonder if the front office support is, is there, if that would intrigue Sean Payton enough. Uh, but if I had my choice, I would much rather see him go to L.A. than Dallas. Uh, number one, keep him out of the NFC. Number two, keep him away from the Cowboys. <laughs> yes. Who are, yeah, yeah we, we don't need that. I don't need that in my life. So I, I think that's you know, uh, work in the media for a couple of years, see if there's a, you know, see if there's a, an NFL coaching opportunity that really intrigues him, really challenges him. Um, and, and then hopefully the Saints can get a couple of good draft picks and be a player or two uh, when, when the time comes. But I, as far as this year, I'm fully expecting to see uh, Peyton on, on, on TV in some capacity. Yeah, yeah, he's not going to coach um, probably this year, maybe not even next year, right? He's going to take some time off, maybe TV. And then, yeah, he'll be the gift that keeps on giving because at some point, if he does want to return to coaching, uh, the Saints are going to get compensation for that. So um, that'll be interesting to, to hear. But, yeah, as you talk through it, like <laughs> I can see why Peyton might want a year off. You you know, if, if you want to tell me that he's cooked, I, I, I'd be cooked too after this past year. John, you, you listed off all the reasons why. And on top of all that, like – Breeze's retirement and the quarterback carousel and the salary. You know, we didn't even mention the salary cap plummet that left the team over $100 million in cap hell, right? They had to deal with that. And then the hurricane evacuation to Dallas and, and all the different starters they had to use because of injuries and COVID. I still think Sean should have got Coach of the Year votes this year, right? Even with the 9-8 and eight record, even with no playoffs, the fact that the Saints remained competitive, uh, that they were in the hunt, that they should have been in the playoffs, that the Rams haven't, hadn't choked away a 17 nothing lead in Week 18, I think Sean Payton should have got, like, he should have got Coach of the Year votes. Like, if Matt LaFleur is the favorite, Matt LaFleur, yeah. like, are we serious what here? That, what, 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 he put up with Aaron Rodgers uh, going on the Pat McAfee show and they out of himself every week? Who, who cares, man? Right. Like, that, that, yeah. that's, no, that, that's not a real challenge. That's not a real hurdle. He, he didn't have to deal with, you know, starting Ian Book out of the blue and then having to watch a, watch a game from home on, on the couch because he caught COVID, like, it, 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 was, it was a mess. You know, no other coach had to relocate his team and all of their families for a month uh, due to a hurricane. Uh, no, it, 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 it's crap. And it, 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 that's part of a larger problem with a lot of these, these voting um, situations, these, these ballots. Um, it, it's, you've got people making decisions without having the best information available. And they just say, oh, well, who won the most games? That's coach of the year. I don't care that he had a Hall of Fame uh, quarterback um, actually winning games for him. I just care that he won the most games. Or it could be, um, okay, who's the guy who's going to get fired in two years but did get a team to the playoffs? You know, let's give, um, uh, gosh, uh, Matt, Nag- Matt Nagy uh, head coach votes or coach of the year votes or, or whatever. Like, it, it, it's a crock to me. And Sean Payton is kind of getting railroaded a bit in that aspect. Um, but, you know, Saints fans did see what he went through. And they, they, they saw what this team had to overcome this year just to get as close to the playoffs as they did is it, impressive. And they're, they're going to see that and, and appreciate that and, and remember it. And you know, I hate to say that's what counts because it doesn't. Because these things come up in Hall of Fame candidacy conversations. And it, it sucks to see... Sean Payton's undercut like this, but you know, at the end of the day, all, 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 all we're, we are really in a position to do is complain about it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, yeah. I mean, well, you, you go back to LaFleur, like, week one of this past season, like, that was a deep pantsing that the Saints and Sean Payton put on the Packers, and LaFleur's got those stylish, like, tight pants, John, so it's hard to deep pants Matt LaFleur, 
and the Saints did, 38-3. to Come on. Beer. Uh, yeah. He has a good ball, so he's coach of the year, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah seriously. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I just think a lesser coach, a lesser program, a, a team like the Saints in 2021 bottoms out. Uh, but, no, the Saints probably should have been in the playoffs because the Rams were up 17 nothing in Week 18, and they blew it in the second half. Uh, so so that's what it is. Sean Payton's out. We'll keep talking about that. But also, we got to start talking about his replacement, John, Dennis Allen. Uh, what does Dennis Allen bring to the table? And how could he start affecting change on the offense, which really struggled last year? We'll get to that right after this. This is the Typical Sportsbook Minute. Let's make this interesting. What's up? This is Jeff Clark from the Bet Slippin' Podcast, presented by SportsbookWire.com. I'm here with my handicapping homie, Nathan Beagle, to break down this week's Super Bowl matchup between the Los Angeles Rams and Cincinnati Bengals. Our friends at Typico Sportsbook have the Rams favored by 4.5 points and the total sitting at 48.5. I'm weighing the points at the Rams because they have the better coach, they have the better offense, the better defense, the better special teams, and they're playing in their home stadium. Nate, how are you betting this game? I'm laying fewer points. The Rams and the Bengals are combined one and five over under in this postseason, and the two defenses have played better than expected. I'll take the under 48 and a half. That was your typical sportsbook minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See Tipico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, John. Dennis Allen, he felt like the front runner all along, uh, you know, especially after he filled in for Sean Payton when he was out with COVID and the Saints went out and beat the Bucks 9 nothing anyway. So uh, I think Dennis Allen, a guy that the, the players respect, a guy that can maintain some culture while also tweaking some stuff, What's your leadoff thought on, on D.A. taking over the job here? And I think it's a very uninspiring choice. It's just the Saints trying to say, okay, we, we've lost Sean Payton. We've lost our lead singer. Let's become a Sean Payton cover band. And it's <laughs> hired both his assistants and bring in his former assistants. And let's just run the hits and hope that it, that we keep winning football games. Yeah, it's not um, sexy, right? It's not the sexiest hire. It's not. It's, God, you know, my guy is on the Saints Twitter podcast. Uh, they, they described it as getting socks for Christmas, and I think that's an atmosphere. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Even though once you get older, socks are, aren't that bad, but go on. I'm wearing them right now. My daughter got my, my daughter got me some nice, some really nice uh, merino wool socks uh, for Christmas. She knows I love those, and I'm wearing them right now. You know, it's, it's a balmy, uh, you know, 54 degrees outside, so got to bundle up. Uh, but, with you know, for, for DA specifically, I will say he did earn the opportunity. You know, he turned – when he took over, the Saints had the worst defense in the NFL. They gave up like 40 touchdown passes in a single season. He turned that around. It's top 15 ever since. Uh, they've had some of the longest streaks of strong run defense around the league. Pass defense has improved year over year. He, he's drafted and developed and signed those guys. You know, he, he is who brought in Malcolm Jenkins and free agency uh, along along with Sean Payton, who, who acknowledged how important uh, ha- having a veteran in the middle you know, in the middle of the field is. He's the one who scouted and drafted and developed Marcus Williams and Marshall Lattimore. Um, he, he has just been tremendously successful. The Saints defense has outplayed their offense for the last two, almost three years in a row. Um, really shouldering the load once Drew Brees, uh, you know, hit, hit the, the later stages of his career and the offense started to sag. The defense is what won them football games. Uh, 
they were they were by far the strength of the team this past season. So I get it. I understand wanting to maintain that continuity, wanting to keep doing what you do well. Uh, I, I'm just worried that the Saints are not looking far enough outside their own building and finding ways to improve. Now, the first move that VA made was hiring former Bills and Jaguars coach uh, Doug Marone, who, who was Sean Payton's first offensive coordinator back in 2006. Now, Marone is not expected to be the OC. He, he is going to have what, what's being described as a key role. I imagine he'll end up getting something like um, run game coordinator and offensive line coach because he was also the goal line coach when he was the OC back from 06 to 08. So he, he's going to be important. But again, he's someone who is kind of a retread, who has, you know, he, he has that familiarity with Dennis Allen, with the Saints. Um, it's just not an exciting choice. He's a pair of socks, so- isn't he, John? He's a pair of socks. Yeah, yeah, he, he's a pair of socks, man. He, <laughs> he, he, gosh, he, he, he's a, a a Visa gift card or something. You know, he, he, yep. like, it's not really moving the needle one way or the other. It, to be honest, it kind of worries me that, that, that this may be a situation where it's, okay, let me just hire, hire the people I know, make the safe choice, and let's, let's, let's try and keep the ship steady and not get fired after it. And yeah. I, I just worry that's low of the ceiling on what the Saints could accomplish. Yeah, and then, you know, Eric Bieniemy was a guy that was up for the job, and, and so was Brian Flores. I thought either of those guys would have been great hires, but you kind of felt all along like it was going to be DA that was going to get the promotion. It just kind of felt like that was going to happen. It did. Uh, Eric Bieniemy. Uh, so I'm glad to hear you say that Doug Marone isn't expected to be the uh, the offensive coordinator, John, because after Eric Bieniemy was a finalist and he he interviewed what, what for eight hours with the Saints, whatever it was, it was like this long, long interview. I can't imagine yeah. sitting in yeah. an interview for eight hours, man. Uh, Eric Bieniemy is the offensive coordinator. That would be a shakeup. That, that would count. So that, that's interesting too because Eric Bieniemy, his contract with the Chiefs expired. This, so he, he's a free agent right now. Now, I it, it would be surprising to see him pass on the opportunity to stay with Patrick Mahomes, stay under Andy Reid, um, keep maintain you know keep doing what he does well. But I've got to look at it and think that he's maxed out right now. Uh, there's nothing more. He's already won a Super Bowl. He's been to multiple Super Bowls with Kansas City. There's nothing more he can do in his current job that would convince an owner or a GM around this league to hire him as head coach. Now, what would do that would be to go somewhere else and you know build a program, you know, kind of from the ground up and show that you know he can be successful out of Andy Reid's shadow. That he can draft and develop his own quarterback. That he can that he can really be successful, you know, away from Andy Reid. And I think if and I think that if the enemy wants to be a head coach in this league, and, and he does after interviewing for so many jobs, I think I think 15 of the 32 teams has met with him at some point over the last three years, um, then that would make the most sense. So I, I wouldn't say we're out of the woods yet. This is just my speculation. But I can't imagine during that eight-hour interview that at some point the Saints didn't say, Okay, so if we don't hire you as our head coach and we go with someone, you know, possibly DA, someone who's a defensive minded coach, how receptive would you be to the idea of coming here and running your, and running the offense and be, being the offensive coordinator here? And what could we do to sweeten that deal? Could, could we double your salary? Could we name you assistant head coach or associate head coach? Give you a better title? What 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 could we do to facilitate that? Now, 
I, I don't know if that happened. I don't know if the enemy would be receptive to that at all, or if he does want you know to be the head coach in his own right, which is an opportunity he has earned over, over the, these last five or six years. Yeah, I just love the way you put it. It's like if Eric Bieniemy is is interviewing for multiple head coaching positions every single year, and he continues to get passed up on him every single year. Let's get a change of scenery. Let's let's get out from Andy Reid's shadow. Let's let's come to New Orleans and build the offense. I know it's all speculation, but I would just I would just love it. And I, I'm all, I'm just I'm just thinking crazy, John. I want Dennis Allen as the head coach, Bieniemy as the offensive coordinator, and Flores as the defensive coordinator. That's what I want. You know that that's I just want to go crazy. And, and you know, and, and I know that's not realistic, but uh, that's kind of where my head's at. You know, if, if I'm if I'm in a pipe dream. Yeah, I mean, I think that would be fantastic. You, you get a lot of guys with a lot of experience, a lot of hides on the wall, and you give a great support system for uh, Dennis Allen, where he has these resources. He, can lean on. he has us guys with head coach experience or head coach aspirations on staff that he can go to and float ideas to and, you know, kind of check his homework for him a, a, a bit. So I think that would be fantastic. Hiring both of those guys would be a tremendous day for content for me personally. It would. It'd be great. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that, that, that would be emergency five territory, I think. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah, but but as you said, um, it, it may not be realistic. I think they're looking to go in-house for the defense coordinator, and they've got some really great options. You know, Ryan Nielsen was, has been the assistant head coach for Sean Payton. Um, he has gotten consideration for DC jobs around the, around this league. Um, but Chris Richard would probably be the, the defensive coordinator, I, I imagine. Uh, he interviewed for three different uh, DC jobs around the league. The, the Ravens, the Colts, and the Steelers all ended up going in different directions, but he got a lot of attention in, in that role. It's something he's done before. Um, and I I think that would make a lot of sense, would, would be to promote him to defensive coordinator with the expectation that, you know, other teams are watching and they like him. And, he, you know, he's a guy who has interviewed for head coaching jobs before. So he may be someone that you that you promote and kind of expect to walk away in a couple of years. And then maybe the case for the enemy too, where if he can come here and prove that, he can, you know, run his own system or or adapt and or elevate an existing system, I should say. And that may be what those guys need to, you know, get over the hurdle and be named a head coach somewhere. Yeah, it definitely feels like an internal promotion for DC, but we'll we'll find out in, in by DC, I mean defensive coordinator. Don't want to don't want to use too many initials, John. Start confusing myself. <laughs> Never mind the people. Um, but yeah, whoever the offensive coordinator is. Uh, you know, we we obviously we don't think it's gonna be you know, it's not gonna be Pete Carmichael, although he's it sounds like he'll stay on the staff. But whoever this offensive coordinator is, alongside Dennis Allen, priority number one has to be the quarterback. And, and we talked about it, right? Drew Brees arrived in New Orleans two months after Sean Payton was hired, uh, and then Sean Payton becomes the wingest coach in Saints history. And does he do that without Drew Brees, John? Hell no, I don't think so. And it, Bill Belichick, you mentioned Bill Belichick when you're talking about Sean Payton in the first segment. Does Bill Belichick have six Super Bowl rings with the Patriots without Tom Brady. Hell no. Like, you need the quarterback. We need to pair the head coach with the quarterback. And I think the Saints need that guy, right? I don't think it's Jameis. I don't think it's Taysom Hill. Uh, I think we need a, a, a guy. And a guy that you've talked about on Twitter, a guy that we've talked about, John, off air a little bit, Jimmy Garoppolo, right? I think Jimmy Garoppolo, after his latest fourth quarter disaster in a playoff game, it, it definitely feels like his time is up with the 49ers. His dead cap number is only $1.4 million. So a straight-out release would save the 49ers. You could tell me better. You, you're smarter than me. But I think a straight-out release would save the 49ers about like $26 million in cap space. They wouldn't have to pay him his salary. 
and they have Trey Lance waiting, a guy that they traded a boatload of draft capital for. So chances are that Jimmy G gets cut and there'll be some type of market for him. And I think the Saints could be and should be in that mix because if you look at all the free agent quarterbacks that are going to be with this class here in the offseason, I think Jimmy G's name would go right to the top. Him being 30, him having a pretty good record as a starting quarterback, and him being to a Super Bowl and an NFC Championship game with the 49ers, I think... I think Jimmy G would become a hot name, and I think the Saints might be in the mix for him, no? Yeah, I, I don't know that he would be exciting. Um, you know, Jimmy G, he is competent, but he, he's someone you win with, not that you win because of, I think. And to be fair, there's not many of those guys around around the NFL. Um, there are probably only like 20 good quarterbacks at any given time. Yeah. Um, get one of those. If, 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 if you could tell me that the Saints can trade a third-round pick and get Garoppolo, um, I, I think yeah, I buy that. I think I think that's realistic. I think that's what I think that gets done. It was reported um, not long ago, uh, either by the Athletics, uh, San Francisco uh, beat writer, or the San Francisco Chronicle. I forget which one. That uh, Jimmy's agent was already working with the 49ers to facilitate a trade, trying to find another team, trying to find somewhere for him to land. Um, so, so he's we know he's on the out. Whether it's for cap relief, as you mentioned, or just finding a better opportunity. He, he's getting out of there, and Trey Lance is going to be the guy in 2022. So I, I think if it, if it were not a valuable draft pick, I could see the Saints you know, taking a shot. It, to me, though, that would have been more realistic with Sean Payton because we knew that Sean Payton liked Garoppolo. We knew that he liked him coming out of college. That, you know, they happened to share an alma mater. So I, I don't think that's much of a factor, but, but it is something you remember. Um, it, it, what I keep coming back to, though, that Dennis Allen is going to want his own quarterback. He, he's, he, and he knows that is the most important factor. Uh, that that's how he ended his press conference. With, with we've got to find it. We've got to find the winner. We, we've got this is the most pressing issue. And I, I don't know that Garoppolo would be that guy. He might be a stopgap so that you can you know acquire him and then draft a, a, a young quarterback to kind of develop uh, for, for a year. And then that's your guy, kind, kind of like what just happened with Trey Lance. Um, or what, what was envisioned with Garoppolo and Tom Brady, even if that didn't actually happen. Uh, I, I, th- I think that could be a realistic. Um, it's just such a such a an unclear situation right now, and it's really tough to point one direction or the other. And you know, find something that makes every find a solution that makes everyone happy. So it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, you know, I've got my takes on it. You've got yours. I think everybody does. So we'll, we'll kind of just have to wait and see how it all shakes out. You know, I, I think a trade is another option. Like, could you sign if, you know, so if the 49ers are trading Garoppolo, then I don't know. If you're going to trade for a quarterback, maybe you should shoot a little bit higher. Uh, you know, I think when De- when Dennis Allen was on his way out with the Raiders, didn't the Raiders, I think the Raiders drafted Derek Carr when Dennis Allen was still there, right? So maybe that's a name. Yeah, that, that's interesting. So Dennis Allen, his, his his final draft with Raiders, and you know, I'm, I'm sure Reggie McKenzie had a lot more influence on those draft picks than DA did. But at, at some level, he had to have weighed in. Definitely. Um, his, his last draft with the Raiders, they, they they picked Khalil Mack in the first round. They they got Derek Carr to open the second round, and they got other guys. They got other starters like Gabe Jackson, Justin Ellis in the mid, in the mid round. Uh, that, that was a fantastic draft class. Uh, now, he was, uh, you know, uh, eight and twenty-eight at that point, I, I believe, or at, 
that sounds right. That yes. Season. Yep. They lost their first four games and he got fired. But you no, know, Derek Carr was the rookie quarterback. They looked at and said, "This is who I want to win with." And so, I'm sure that Josh McDaniel and Carr will work together just fine. But if there's any possibility that they get Derek Carr out of Vegas, you know, for a modest price, I, mean, I wouldn't trade a couple of first round picks for Derek Carr. Uh, he, he's probably the 10th or 12th best QB in, in the league on any given week. But I would definitely consider it. You know, you know, if we if we can move like a couple second round picks for this guy, uh, yeah, or a first and a second, I think I think that may be uh, the sweet spot for for cutting a deal. Um, it's definitely something I would consider. You know, he's he's in the contract year, just like a lot of these these other big name QBs are. Um, I, I think the opportunity is there for the Saints to bring in a veteran, an accomplished veteran, if that's what they want to do. I agree with you. We have no idea how that's going to play out, uh, but you know, we would expect something to happen uh, at the quarterback position and the wide receiver position too, right? I mean, there's there's definitely some tweaks that need to be made um, on the offense. Yeah, for the Saints. So there's a lot to come. What's going on with Mike Thomas? Are we going to draft a wide receiver? What are we doing in free agency? Oh no, Beckham uh, Junior. Uh, his quote on Monday, you know, has just. It's been living in my head, writ, writ free for. I believe we're going on now. Uh, someone asked him about the teams he considered in free agency, and he said the Saints were the right place at the wrong time to sign with back in November. And I think he was right because he's in the Super Bowl, and the Saints are not. Uh, but how is he going to feel? You know, four months later in, in March, will, will the Saints be the right place at the right time then? Uh, that, that's really interesting to me. So. I, I think you're on the money. That I think some weeks are on the way, and free agency might be uh, the path forward for, for New Orleans. Yeah, Odell Beckham Jr. He looks good too. He's looked very good in these playoffs. I was a bit skeptical of Odell uh, when that trade happened. I, I thought he was kind of washed in Cleveland, but no, uh, uh, Baker Mayfield was the problem apparently. <laughs> and he, <laughs> Surprising. And I, I think that is a, a possible match here in free agency. So I. You know, if I had my way, um, you know, if I were at the controls, um, I, I would double down and again and again at wide receiver for, for the Saints. You know, I, I would say, okay, Mike Thomas is coming back. We're, we're still going to sign Odell. We're still going to draft Jamison Williams in the first round. Uh, we're, 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 we're not going to settle. I don't know that the Saints feel the same way. I imagine they don't, given how many other needs they have to address. Um, you know, starting with quarterback. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter who the receivers are if the quarterback um, – Ain't it? You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you have Hopkins, if you have Brock Osweiler under. You know, that's what this is going to come down to. So hopefully the Saints can address that for free agency through the draft or a possible trade. Um, it, I think it, it well, I, you know, I don't think this, I know this, that it is the biggest uh, concern for them now that they've got their uh, coach figured out. Yep. So we, we'll be following it as soon as the Saints name an offensive coordinator or sign a big name wide receiver. Emergency podcast, John, for sure. Um, but let's end it here for this week. Alvin Kamara, <laughs> arrested in Vegas. Uh, my only take on this is just it's just one more thing to hate about the freaking Pro Bowl because I, I tuned into the Pro Bowl for about five minutes, John, and once I saw that they were out there goofing around and not even tackling each other, I said, come on. Like, this is... I, I mean, I, I was even suckered into wagering on the game, which was just... Somehow I bet on the... I bet the AFC money line. So that worked out. But it, as soon as I saw the game start, I was like, whoa, what? This is like a coin flip. There's no... There's no re- Don't bet on this game. You might as well bet the coins... You bet. You, you might as well bet heads or tails in the Super Bowl coin toss, right? Like that's... It's about the, the same use of your money there. But uh, Alvin Kamara arrested. 
jail time, highly unlikely, but a, a length, lengthy suspension, definitely on the table, which is not great for a player as important as Alvin Kamara is to this offense, right, John? So that's just a, it's an ominous way to get into the offseason here. It really is. It's, 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 you know, one of the worst possible ways to kick off the offseason. Um, so he has, so he was, he has not been, what we need to remember here, he has not been formally charged with the crime. He, he was arrested on suspicion of battery um, causing uh, significant bodily harm. Um, and he, he was booked and immediately released upon posting bail. Um, and they're going to circle back on this in um in March, they're in Vegas. That's for the courts and everything. So it's going to take a it's going to take a while for this process to play out. Um, but per NFL uh, personal conduct policy, you know, let's check the rule book. Uh, it says it, 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 it says that uh, battery is a violation of that policy, punishable by a a suspension without pay uh, with, with a baseline of six games. Now, that could happen with or without a conviction in this case. If the NFL investigation finds that Kamara's conduct was detrimental to the league and violates this policy, they can say that, you know, we don't care if you were convicted or even formally charged or anything. Uh, if, if our investigation uh, finds what we're looking finds what we're looking for, then you're suspended for at least six games. And that could go a lot of different ways. There, there is precedent here. Antonio Brown was suspended eight games a few, few years back because, you know, he, he was, uh, I believe, he pled, pled. He had a plea deal or something um, after fighting a truck driver, and then, then he had a lot of other, you know, negative things going on. Um, and so he ended up with an eight-game suspension. Uh, Tyreek Hill uh, was investigated and not charged with anything uh, due to a lack of evidence, uh, and he and battery on his son was, was the was the allegation. Um, and he was—he didn't miss a single—didn't miss a single minute. Uh, didn't miss, didn't, was not hit with any sort of suspension. So that, well, as far as Kamara goes, you know, he could—he can miss no time. He can miss six or more games. We—we we just don't know. We're, we're too early in the process. Um, the the only thing I can really say about it is that he really should not have spoken to the links that he did uh, with, with law enforcement there. Um, he, he, he did everything. He basically gave them, gave them a play-by-play of how, how this altercation played out and really implicated himself in some unflattering way. So we're, we're going to have to wait and see how it all how this, this could all go away if you know the victim chooses not to pursue any charges or, any, or anything. We, we, we just don't know how it's going to shake out. So at the end of the day, it's, it's just it's like you said, it's not how you want to start the offseason. Now, yeah, I'm all for AK keeping it real, but man, don't just don't you know you don't have to be so forthcoming, AK, with everything you know. Just you know the play by play. That's a good way to put it. Uh, so yeah, so that's another storyline that we'll be following here, uh, John. But we got a Super Bowl this weekend: Rams versus Bengals. Uh, we know Sean Payton's rooting against the the Rams, but who are you rooting for? What are you thinking for the Super Bowl? Uh, Joey Burrow, man. I yeah, love come the on. Bengals. Going to say who day? Um, I, I refuse. Uh, the <laughs> value version of who that I, I do not endorse it uh but i love joe burrow i love demar chase i, I love uh, von bell trey hendrickson eli apple kick rocks um i hope Cooper cup puts 200 yards on him uh but uh, I, I do hope the big win they're a lot like the same that they've been through the ringer for a very long time um that they have been through it they, they have earned this opportunity I, I really hope they pull it off and, you know, I'll never pull for the Rams in anything after, after 2018. I, I have they lose by 30 points. Um, 
But man, if LA does pull it off, I would I would feel kind of kind of happy for Matt Stafford after everything he's been through, all the injuries, all the years in Detroit, all the, the questions he's faced, all everything. Um, it would it would be cool to see him see him get a, get a Super Bowl ring, and you know I like Von Miller, so I'd like to see him get get another ring too. Um, but if that's for who I'm that's for who I'm pulling for. It's got to be the Bengals. Yeah, I, mean, the, I agree. The Cincinnati Bengals are a likable team now. And that a few years ago, you know, going back like five or six years ago, even was you you wouldn't have thought that was possible. But the Bengals are a likable team, a team that's easy to root for, especially in the Super Bowl when you line them up next to the Rams. And maybe for another time, I'm gonna have to ask you, uh, you know, after we hang up, or, or maybe sometime down the road, about the whole who day thing, because I that uh, it is just way too similar. Like, who came up with that thing, right? Um, so yeah, I, I don't know the whole story behind that. I'm gonna have to get that story from you sometime. I'm not, I'm not even gonna lie to you about this. Uh, I've got a, a good friend of mine is finally getting into the NFL. He, he doesn't want to, you know, be a Saints fan just because of geography. He wants to find a team that he that he actually you know in, enjoys that resonates with him. And he, he's looking hard at the Bengals, and he asked me, you know, hey, hey, I'm just getting started on this. Is there like a is there like a hashtag I can follow? Keep up with the Bengals. Um, do they have like their version of of who that some kind of slogan? <laughs> Literally, they do. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna believe. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so perfect. Yeah. That's so yeah. perfect. Yeah. So who day? It's like. Uh, can you guys get a little bit more creative than that, please? You know, uh, so it's good to hear that the Saints, the Saints were the originals there. So the the Bengals are the copycats. Yeah, okay. it's like um, oh gosh, in coming to America, um, what, what what what's the uh, what, what was the, what was the McDonald's analog that, that the guy had McDowell's McDowell's man? It's like a McDonald's versus McDowell's. <laughs> You, you cannot script it. It's just too good. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. So it's great to be back on the mic talking Saints football with John. Um, we'll be back as news uh, continues to break with this team throughout the offseason. And, and let's be honest, it's, it's going to happen. And uh, we'll be back to talk to you all next time. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.